Welcome to On the Bench. I am Brendan Sinone. I am joined by two fellows who have been on the bench for pretty much the last 48 hours. They're actually like really close to the bench right now. They're in the car staking out the Moore Center as recruits and commits are a popping. I got Chris Nee, Zach Blostein. Fellas, uh, what's life like right now in the car staring at on the bench? You're you're on in the car on the bench. It's I I T C N T B. You just made it awkward as hell. Congrats. I'm very impressed. Two minutes into this, and you pulled that off really effectively. Oh, God. Was I talking for two minutes straight? No, I don't know if it's been two minutes, <laughs> but it felt like it. So this, I is, mean, this is a true definition of an emergency podcast, though, right, Chris? This is this is what emergency podcast is meant for. Yeah, I mean, we're, here we are. We're at the final countdown. We're 24 hours from things going dead again for three, four weeks, us getting our lives back to some degree being at home, seeing the significant others in our lives. But uh, it's been fun. It's been a busy weekend. We knew it was going to be a big official visit weekend. It's lived up to that. We're only through about the 6 p.m. hour of Saturday at this point. Oh, there goes the slingshot. The slingshot is on the moon. (laughs) So Chris and Zach are in Chris's car right now recording this. I'm at home helping out remotely. I will be on the bench tomorrow morning. Josh is in the middle of driving up to Tallahassee right now. He will be on the bench tomorrow morning as well. It'll be all hands on deck. We're doing this podcast right now for full sake of transparency on Saturday evening. Like Chris and Zach could have to run out right now because someone else commits. Like that very well could happen as we're recording this. Um, But right now there's three commitments we want to talk about. Fellas, I think it makes sense just to kind of go in the order of the commitments as they've happened. So let's start off with Friday evening, the one that was the, probably the biggest surprise, one that we weren't quite bracing for, and that was Mississippi a defensive end Trevion Williams, a four-star recruit, someone whose star is on the rise a little bit. So uh, which one of you wants to take the, the breakdown of Trevion Williams and guess how how that all went down? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, so Trevion Williams comes to Florida State kind of as a last-minute official visitor. Um, Ryan Bartow was the guy that, you know, Dropped the news on Twitter, kind of, kind of um, leaking it a little bit. As that super dude, freak, yeah, super freak was going to make it onto campus beginning on Friday or was it Thursday morning? They're all mixing together. Well, he, he got here Thursday because he left today on Saturday, so his forty-eight yeah. hours truly began on Thursday. So he he came a day before all the rest of the official visitors, and um, on that final day, um, on that final night, that you know the, the video is now circling around. Uh, I think it was Amari Gaynor who who, who took the video of um, Trevion Williams committing in front of Coach Lorvell uh, and John Papuchis, and it was just a great moment for him and his family. Um, and it's just a huge get for Florida State. They don't have a ton of guys that are built um, like Trevion Williams that can do the things that he does uh, rushing the passer. I just think he's a uh, you know a stock up prospect. I think his, his ranking is going to continue to rise as he starts to uh, head into his senior year of football. And I just think it's a great get. Um, Yeah, I've always said that, you know, four states needed to land guys that look like SEC pass rushers. And and every time I see Trevion Williams, I'm just blown away just because of how, you know, put together he looks um, in going into his senior year. Yeah, and FSU beat out Auburn, where he took an official two last week, Old Miss, Mississippi State, which he had also seen the in-state schools. For the six foot five, two hundred and fifty one pound monster, he came to FSU back for the elite camp. Didn't have an offer at the time. Very quickly earned it at that event. Stood out. 
that's a big human being that can come off the edge and wreak havoc. And that changes football games. And that's something FSU's desperately needed. Well, they added a great deal of defensive linemen in the last class, the prior class. This is a guy that looks ready-made to be plug-and-play and get it done. And I don't know that they had that necessarily at that defensive end position in that last class. You know, I think Byron Turner is probably the closest thing they had in that class. This young man, in my expectations, exceeds what Turner was as a high school prospect coming out at this stage of the prospect evaluation process. But, yeah, Williams is a big man. He came Thursday to Saturday in part because of his mother's schedule. It just allowed it to work better for her. So that's part of the reason they kind of did it. We only got about half of the time with the rest of the weekend visitors. But that's a real big get. A lot of credit goes to, you know, Ryan Barto played a role in that. Uh, of course, Marcus Woodson with a Mississippi prospect played a role in that. John Papuchas did his job as a defensive ends coach. He also turned in a great video clip highlight of him celebrating that on Mike Norvell's pool deck when the young man committed to Florida State, which I think is going to live on Twitter for many, many months to come. So congrats, John. JP's made himself into an internet superstar. Who knew that was coming this weekend? Chris, do you remember your reaction when you first saw Williams in person? Because I, I, he passed me. I thought he looked like I thought he looked like the damn Incredible Hulk. I loved it. <laughs> we didn't know who he was, so we were like, "Who the hell is this cat yeah. walking by?" He was huge. Yeah, and he he hooked up quickly with Travis Hunter that weekend, and Travis Hunter had a teammate there, linebacker Dion, I Dion Crawford, I believe is yeah. his name, and they were all together and. You know, I wasn't sure who Crawford was off the bat, but he looks a little bit younger, a little bit smaller. But, yeah, Williams is a kid that just stands out on the hoof, but he also can move. Like, the thing about him was at the camp that night in Doak, the way that kid could move coming off the edge, it immediately made you go, ooh. Like, what you saw physically and you liked, it also translates to playing the game of football. And uh, that's a big old get for FSU. I, mm-hmm. To me, I think he, you know, I think FSU now has four guys that I would be willing to put the term elite on in their class right now. He's one of those four. And he's at such an important position where you need guys that just wreak havoc, act like a wrecking ball, can change games. And he's that kind of dude for me. It, and I will say, like, he has a little bit of he's raw, like he hasn't played defensive end for a very long period of time. Actually, he's primarily like a linebacker and quarterback for a school in Mississippi. And there's rumors kind of flying that he's transferring to a school in Georgia. Actually, Travis Hunter school is the rumor. We have not confirmed that though. So that's just a rumor uh, right now, I would say, but, but anyways, he's not a true defensive end. Uh, hasn't played a true defensive end spot uh, up to this point, but that's where he's projected that where he's going to likely grow into. Uh, so uh, a, a great phrase and cliche here. Uh, he does have a low floor right now, but an incredibly high ceiling, potentially elite, like Chris said. Uh, moving on to another one that uh, a commitment from him wasn't a surprise because I think there were six crystal balls in for him. All six were to Florida State. Uh, the Knowles 24-7 gang and Bud Elliott were all represented here. This is Quayshon Sapp, a uh, four-star offensive lineman from uh, Leesburg, Georgia, about two hours north of uh, Tallahassee. Zach and I drove up there about a month ago to see uh, Kayshawn and uh, and Jerron Willis, his teammate linebackers, also officially officially visiting right now to Florida State. Uh, so he goes ahead and commits. Zach, that timeline was a little accelerated, correct, than what we were expecting, but but still one that we were kind of thinking could happen. Yeah, so he, he was planning to announce on July 3rd. That was the decision date he put out before, um, I think, even the month of June. He continued with that date. He took uh, official visits to Florida, uh, Cincinnati, and I believe Georgia. 
Georgia or uh, yeah, yeah. Those were his four finalists were Florida State, Georgia, Cincinnati, Florida. I believe he took an official. If he didn't take an official to him, he at least took an unofficial that was like an official to each. Yeah. All right, so he goes ahead and – no, it wasn't that awkward. Only now it's awkward. It was literally just a second, but now here we are talking about it for like five seconds, making it 10 as I continue to talk, now going on to 15. Uh, Zachary, <laughs> he walks out of the Moore Center. How did that commitment go down? You got the video of him him saying it. So I guess how did, how did the whole thing kind of break down and how do we get the news out there? Yeah, I, I kind of want to put uh, Chris on the spot here just so he can explain this because he explained it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I love putting the so, on the spot. I, so me and Bishop Thomas have this weird connection about the T-shirt collection the young man wears. So Bishop pops out of the moor and they're getting ready to go. I think 850 is where they were heading at this point of the process. And I asked Bishop, I kind of pointed at my shirt and asked him, what's on your shirt? And I believe it was Freshwater. He said it's a clothing brand in New Orleans. I'm not familiar with it, but we were chatting just kind of shooting it for a minute before he hopped on the bus and got going with the family members. And Quayshon Sapp walks out right beside us and just goes, hey, I committed. I I had a moment of like, is this kid pulling my leg, kind of screwing with me, having a little fun because he sees me talking to Bishop Thomas. I think I said, are you serious? I believe he responded, yes. Then I immediately said, do you want it out there? And then he shows Zach that his Twitter profile is updated with committed to Florida State. So Zach and him real quickly pop over to statue. Zach gets that, you know, five, six second clip for the internet to prove that the kid had done it. And there it is. And it's, you know, it was pretty cool. It's one of those things where I, I thought there was an outside shot. We were going to get that comment from him tomorrow when he exited. But, you know, at this point, I thought he might just wait till July 3rd to do it. But he really enjoyed the photo shoot, was doing it with the whole family. His mom's here, several other family members. And it was pretty clear in the photo shoot that they were doing a photo shoot that certainly felt like a kid that was going to commit to Florida State. You know, we were watching it on his Instagram live. I think it was like a 34-minute video of him doing his photo shoot. And then after he committed, when they're rolling away, he went Instagram live again with his mother. And I forget exactly what she said, but it was on like baby we're home and she was kind of tearing up about it and you know it's just kind of cool seeing that come come full circle for a kid for him to reach the end of his process and figure out where he wants to be and for it end up being the school that's wanted him for so long it works out well for both parties so but yeah I mean Quayshawn did not make us work for that one at all I very much appreciate it literally walked out handed it to us and you know, I, I felt kind of bad because I like ended my conversation with Bishop Thomas smack dab in the middle of it because, well, you know, the news is coming and it's happening now. So we had that moment of frantic energy right after it happens of like, you know, which one of us goes which way to do what? And Zach's like, I'll go write the story. I'm like, OK, I'll flip them to committed. I'll send the text. I'll get the email ready. Let you guys know Zach's doing a story. We'll get that up, get it social, everything we have to do in that moment. But it's so funny when that happens and. It's not the normal, oh, we just got to hit publish like we are with so many other commandments when we're fully prepared for it to come down the pike. So, yeah, good times. Six foot five, 320 pounds. SAP is the number 327th overall press prospect in the 24-7 sports composite. Uh, we have him at 24-7 as like a high-end three-star 89 grade. So he's kind of right on that fringe. This is a high-end three-star, low-star, four-star. Counts as a four-star for FSU. Chris, is he a guard or a tackle? Come on, I know where you want to put him, big boy. I know. Now, this is an awkward pause. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to pause, honey. We had a, we had a moment where the car gave us some technical difficulties. You, pa- you um, paused after I said big boy, which made it extra awkward. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's a guard. <clears throat> but you already knew I was going to say he's a guard. But no, I think he's a very, very good guard. The next young man we're going to talk about after this, I think it's going to provide another excellent interior guard, two very large body indiv- individuals. The interesting thing with Sap is I think Sap's got some weight he needs to drop without a shadow of a doubt to get a little bit lighter on his feet, a little more efficient with his movement. Um, but he's got a very nice big body type, and FSU is clearly trying to get bigger up front. So, yeah, guard all the way, I believe. But, you know, if he got himself in really, really good shape, maybe he can slide out there to right tackle. I don't I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for him as compared to the next guy we're going to speak about, who I truly believe is just an interior lineman. Spoiler alert. No, the one thing I'll say about Sap before we move on is that his feet for like for his size at 320 pounds are they're pretty quick. It's just a matter of doing that consistently for him. Uh, sometimes if he gets isolated, he, he can struggle a little bit. But um, there's a lot to like there. There's a lot to like. Uh, one other player who committed and someone else who I think we all like more than his ranking is Kanayo Charlton, uh, three-star offensive lineman. From Brunswick, Georgia, six foot five, three hundred fifty-one pounds, rated as uh, let's see, one thousandth, one hundred sixty-one overall prospect per the twenty-four-seven Sports composite. Uh, we're a little bit lower in twenty-four-seven Sports on him than than the rest of the industry is with an eighty-two grade. Uh, but someone that that we like, Zach. I'm going to do the honors here, or let you do the honors. Excuse me, because you've had your crystal ball in for him since I think January. So you get all, you get all those points, buddy. Good on you. Uh, tell us a little bit about Kanaya Charlton, his recruiting process, and the eventual commitment today. Yeah, so Kanaya Charlton was kind of a guy that blew up pretty early um, on in his high school career, just because I think a lot of coaches were seeing his size and his ability to move and, and move people. Um, and, and just getting really excited. And, you know, his recruitment kind of slowed down a little bit heading into his uh, junior and senior year, but that didn't mean that his production really did. Um, if you look at his tape, you did a good job with your scouting report. Um, I think you got had like over 50 pancake blocks. He, he just, he's a guy you want on that interior line. And I just think that, um, you know, Florida State kind of won out. I think the other main school involved was Georgia Tech. Um, but, but, his longstanding relationship with Alex Atkins at FSU ultimately won one Kanaya Charlton over to the Seminoles. And I just think that um, he's a guy that I could see long-term, you know, maybe one, two years down the line, just being a really solid piece on the interior of FSU's offensive line. Yeah. And as I kind of spoiler alert said in a previous segment, I think he's definitely an interior guy and he's going to be an interior guy long-term. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's a guard. I think he's a road grader. He will have to lose a bit of that weight, and he carries a vast majority of his weight in his upper body. He's actually got kind of smallish legs for how much he does weigh. It's kind mm-hmm. of surprising. But I get, I had the opportunity to see him at the Valdosta MVP camp back a few months ago. I think that was in March. And I liked him a good bit. I was actually surprised how much I liked him. I thought he moved really very, very, very well for how much weight he carries on his frame. He's a guy that did a good job finishing blocks. He plays through physicality. He doesn't kind of cower to it. He doesn't get soft when he gets banged he's willing to go after it yeah i mean <laughs> thank you zach we're not gonna let you get that <laughs> no there's no there's no way there's no way that was gonna be allowed hey chris do you remember we saw him in person three years ago at the mvp camp in valdosta like he was a freshman and yeah. like he was monstrous then yeah and he's got a good coach coach grady that works with him does a very very good job good guy and he's one of those – Coach Grady's a guy that works those camps, the MVP camps, helps with him. So, you know, he's coming from pretty good tutelage. I feel pretty confident in what he can become. I think he's a guy that Alex Atkins likes a great deal. 
his commitment, you know, to give a little behind the scenes was kind of funny. He gave us essentially a heads up early in the day that it was going to be, well, actually he gave us a heads up going into the weekend that it was going to be this weekend. Then on today, it became today and it was, well, I'm going to do it at lunch basically, but I'm not going to make it public for several hours later. And he's telling that to Zach and I just kind of politely nudged Zach and said, you know, let him know that those kind of things when you do do it in a public setting with a lot of people gathered at a lunch it's not necessarily going to stay quiet for five hours so like to let us know like we'll play the game we'll do whatever you want but let us know and he pulls back up on the golf cart just before lunch i think he looks right at zach and goes if it gets public you guys can go with it i'm good with it or something like yeah. that um but you know he was able to drop it before it became public and actually get it out on his own which was good which is what he wanted to do but mm-hmm. You know, he had been decent enough to give us a quote and give us a heads up that it was coming out and that we'd be able to go within, you know, Kanai is a kid that we've got to know pretty well. He actually got in here pre-pandemic for a visit, came for the spring game during the dead period, came back here here recently. You know, I've seen him at some events. We've gotten to know him. He, he's one of those guys that he's very easy to like from a personal standpoint. And, you know, good for him. He's happy to be here. Yeah, we put that he chose FSU over Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech didn't even bring him in for an official because they had waved the white flag and accepted he was going to go to mm-hmm. FSU. That's one of those that's been done for months on end. It's just a matter of it truly had to reach a point where he made the decision to go ahead and make it public. You know, when he came here for the elite camp uh, the second day of June, I think it was, uh, <laughs> he, he said that he was going to visit FSU two more times in June and Georgia Tech once more for an official. I'm like, are you going to Georgia Tech any time between then? He's like, no, like, so you're visiting FSU three times in June and Georgia Tech once. He's like, yeah, I'm like, OK, done yeah. deal, done deal here at that point. Uh, but but yeah. it, it was already done for, for a while. Zach had that crystal ball in. This was one that FSU was leading for for a while. And testament to like Alex Atkins, right, guys? Like like he worked on both with Quayshon Sapp and Kanaya Charlton, like to get those relationships built over the course of a year and a half or so. And they didn't take any interior offensive linemen, largely because they thought they could land some guys they were really high on in, in this cycle. They didn't take any last year. I thought that was interesting. It was a gamble, but but it seemed to pay off for him. Yeah, and the, the other nice thing about Atkins, and we'll do more some overview shows of June, probably after you know that period comes about, but it is abundantly clear that they've done a very good job of recruiting an offensive board that's wide and expansive, but they – definitively like certain guys as their top targets. And the two they got today are guys that were top targets for them, have been for a long time, tons of time invested in them, got them in for officials, locked it up, sealed up the job. But, you know, like, you know, for example, I'm thinking offensive tackle. Elijah Pritchett is clearly a top target for them. Got them in for an official, worked very hard there. They've made up a boatload of ground for that young man in recent months. But then you got a guy like Eston Harris, who's from Alabama, came in for an unofficial for a few days earlier this month. He puts out a top five today. It's FSU, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Oregon. You know, FSU's right there in the thick of that one. He's a kid that maybe we would consider, I think calling him plan B is kind of diminishing him as a player. But in the sense of we know that Pritchett is plan A, they miss on Pritchett. I think Harris is a guy they've positioned themselves very well to go full bore with and try to land. I, I just think they've done a great job of putting together a very good offensive line board with a lot of opportunities and a lot of names and a lot of guys they got in here that they can try to get. And it's clear as day they're trying to get bigger, stronger, more physical, all the things they need to be up front to be a better football team. It, it's a multi-year process for them to get better on the offensive line, but I, for the first time in years, I feel very confident that the steps are being taken to get there. 
Okay, very quickly, very quickly, the first ever emergency podcast edition of Buyer Sinon. You fellas ready? Oh, jeez. He had to get it, didn't he? Buy or Sinon. No, no, no. This is my, my time to shine. Buy or Sinon, Zachary. Chris Nee pushing for an emergency podcast. The first ever Chris Nee push for a podcast. You buying or Sinon in it? I uh, I'm buying that. Yeah, I've never seen Chris excited to do a podcast. Why were you excited? Why did Why did you call me up and say let's do a podcast right now? I don't think that's ever happened. Because if we didn't, the minute I saw you tomorrow, you would be talking to me about when are we going to podcast. <laughs> so I just it. want to beat you to your punch. I Sinon that. I Sinon that whole existence. A uh, buy or Sinon. One more commitment on Saturday evening. At least one more commitment on Saturday evening. Buy or Sinon. I'm buying it for right now. I am sitting here and anticipating the possibility of Bishop Thomas going ahead and doing it in part because he brought his entire family. And I'm not talking like Five, like six. three, four people. I'm talking like the family reunion type of bringing the family. Like they're hanging out at Disney wearing the same shirts kind of feeling. There's about, I don't know, probably ballpark of 15 to 20 people here with him. So like it just would shock me if he doesn't end up here. And it would surprise me if he doesn't do it by the end of tomorrow for sure. I could see it coming about tonight. I thought maybe as that sap Charlton ball got rolling in the middle of the day here that it might happen right then and there, but it hasn't yet. By or Sinone Zachary redoing the parking lot the weekend of official visits, the biggest weekend of official visits. Um, Sinone, the smell is so bad. <laughs> I love the way asphalt smells. It's a tar. It's like it's a, it smells like Lafroig. Smells like a nice, nice scotch. When, when you're here from what eight thirty a.m. to six fifteen p.m. on the day they do it, and you watch every step of the process, it's kind of therapeutic to some degree. Like we've taken it in. I'm very much looking forward to my, to my new smooth parking space. I mean, it's it's baby skin smooth right now. It's like those weird Instagram videos that people watch of like people popping pimples, and that's it's like oddly relaxing. Satisfying. I, I don't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I know do that either. About. I don't do that either. I'm just saying I'm that, that. Oh my god. I know it. Is. Um. Uh. uh Buyer Sinone. In addition to Bishop Thomas, at least one more commitment this weekend. Oof. I'll let mm. Zach take that one. Um. All right. So that leaves us with what? Are we? Uh, okay. Let's get some parameters here. Are we talking by the end of the weekend? By the time it wraps up? Or oh, by, by Sunday, you guys are writing something by Sunday evening, or I'm writing, or someone we're on the bench covering the, one more commitment. Beyond the Bishop Thomas possibility that I mentioned, I'm going to Sonone it. I think this weekend produces at least one more commitment. I'm just not convinced it happens before the end of this weekend. Hmm. Negative Nancy over here. I'm buying it. I'm buying my own question there. By Orsonone, seeing me first thing tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., bright and sunny. I'm going to be smiling, hugging you guys. You <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of bye, bye-bye, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for all your hard work, uh, tireless efforts covering recruiting throughout this entire month of June. I know you've made a lot of sacrifices to be on the bench as much as you have been, but uh, I appreciate the content that's coming out of it. I know our listeners and readers certainly do. The coverage has been awesome. So thank you. Uh, go cover at least one more commitment tonight and make yourself look really, really smart, Chris. Okay. All right. I'll try. I'll do my best. Okay. No promises. Bye. Or some. Men.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.